Hi, episode five. So apparently, in the podcasting world, episode five is like your first milestone podcast slash episode. So on that note, if you are listening to this and you decide that you love listening to this, it would mean a lot to me if you would go to iTunes and subscribe. And then after you subscribe, it would mean even more to me if you would share it with somebody that you love that you think might also enjoy listening to me bang on about (laughs) tomatoes and dating and trail etiquette and things like my children and cheddar biscuit. So on that note, hi, I hope that you are having a good week or had a good week. Um, the yours and butter podcast comes out every Monday, new episodes. And I also record on Monday, so I'm a week ahead of y'all. So happy summer, happy solstice. It is hard for me to believe that the end of June is already near, um, which basically means that it's the end of the summer. I'm just kidding. Although it really does just sort of feel like time is in overdrive and I am wrapping my brain around the fact that I, um, that we're just like living in June of 2021. And actually this coming Wednesday, the 23rd of June will be exactly six months since I moved out of my ex-husband's home. Um, and so that is also feeling very milestone-y to me as well. So, um, it is cancer season. Happy solstice. I am a cancer. I'm feeling very in my feelings today. And without further ado, we're just going to get right into it. And I'll tell you why I'm in my feelings. So I actually recorded this episode earlier today. Um, I, I generally record fairly early on in the day when I feel like I have, um, my thoughts collected and my life together. And my children are not in the house. Um, But that's neither here nor there because I got hung up on some semantics of this recipe that I'm going to share with y'all. It's like a recipe, non-recipe. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so I was talking with, um, you know, the the producer and, you know, no, it'll be okay. And I'm like, oh, is it? No, no. And so then I decided that, no, it just simply wasn't okay. So we're going to go ahead and re-record. So um, now my children are in bed. I'm staring at the youngest one, Maddox, on the baby monitor right now as we speak. I have a beer in my hand. I'm drinking it out of the can like the feral animal that I am. And so, like, God willing, we're going to get through the next 30 minutes without any interruptions. Okay. Okay. So first things first, we're just going to kind of get right into things and I am going to read some of and answer some of the questions that y'all have sent me this week. Um, I am loving this more and more every single week. Um, you know, my idea for this podcast in general was for it to be like very community um, minded and focused. And, you know, maybe it was me doing the talking, but I want it to be about the collective and about us. And, you know, like literally want it to feel like we're pulling up a seat at the table together. You know what I'm saying? So if you have questions or comments or concerns or want to drag me, just kidding. 
please don't. You can send me an email, um, you know, like a typed out email, or you can send me like an audio clip. Um, if you have like a, like a specific short story that you want to share to yours in butter at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, and as always, unless you, um, you know, sort of give me like pseudo permission without giving me permission to share who you are. Cause obviously I know who it, who you are if you email me or if you send me um, DMs or whatever the case may be. But unless you're like signing your name and where you're from, I'm going to assume that you want to remain anonymous. Deal? Okay. The first question that I have that I've, I've actually been asked this kind of sort of previously in, a, in, a, in an earlier episode, um, and I could go on and on about this, but I'm not going to. I'm going to try not to. This question is, hey, Ava, you mentioned that your son might be a picky eater. What's going to be your approach with that? Sarah from Seattle. Well, Sarah from Seattle, my approach is actually going to be a non-approach. And what I mean by that is that I grew up very much enmeshed and exposed to and sort of surrounded by um, uh, bizarre and like arbitrary food rules and like diet culture and dieting um, and and body dysmorphia and like fat shame. And I am rather careful about how I talk about food uh, in my house, especially around my children, because I don't want that for my kids. And so you might be thinking to yourself, like, what the fuck does this have to do with like your picky eating son? And to be honest with you, you know, I'm like, your, your children, your house, your choice. But I really feel like, um, parents are awful to themselves. And I can attest because I am a monster to myself, uh, especially when it comes to parenting. And there are so many things that we sort of like kick the shit out of ourselves over, you know, but I feel like food, man, is like one of them. And a lot of us have like our own fucked up relationships with food. I know that I was one for a really long time and only um, within like the last three years have I really like grown and outgrew like a lot of those ideals in and sort of my own fucked up relationship with food. And I feel like one of the easiest ways that we can sort of like involuntarily fuck our kids up around food is by like sort of falling prey to this very colonized idea of food and food systems and, and, and what we eat and how we eat it and where, you know what I'm saying? And so if Maddox wants to like, spit out the food that I make for him and you know like so be it (laughs) you know what I'm saying I just also I have so much shit on my plate that I uh rarely do I feel like I am in my own brain enough to be like nah we're actually not going to fuck with her at this week or, or at this moment in time. You know, I'm really good at trying to like do or fix all of the things right here and now, but that's just not one of them. And on this note, like full disclaimer, 
I'm not a doctor. I am not your medical staff. I am not your medical team. I'm not your pediatrician. Y'all need to do what works for you. And what works for me is to continue to raise my kids in an anti-diet household, um, which means that like, I am also not going to like force feed medics. I'm also not going to like do a bunch of like crazy town catering. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not out here making like whole ass separate meals. Maddox so far, he's only 11 months, right? Like he'll be, he'll be 12, he'll be a year old in just a couple of weeks. So the reality is, is like, we also have a very long way to go. I mean, just because, you know, he's sort of like presenting, like maybe he's not as jazzed about eating as Scarlett was at this age. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm just not going to put that much weight into it right now, but just in general, just so we're all on the same page and you know what to expect from me in this space is, yeah, I, at the end of the day, I do. I think that it's a slippery slope to get super hung up on like what our kids are eating and not eating. And at the end of the day, as long as, you know, Maddox is gaining weight as he should, um, I want him to like... Yes, even at a year, I feel like he kind of like owns and has like agency over like you don't want rice bud because you don't like the texture of it in your mouth, <laughs> then don't eat it. You know what I mean? So that is my approach. My approach is to essentially have a non-approach. And I hope that instead of being like, what the fuck, you will just maybe consider where I'm coming from a little bit because that's where I'm coming from. My approach is not really an approach at all. And I will just, you know, sometimes feel a little bummed that he's not super pumped about eating, but like Maddox is his own human being and that's that on that. Okay. Moving right along. What's your favorite thing about being at the farmer's market? The community aspect of the farmer's market is my most favorite thing about being at the farmer's market. Um, and that sort of looks like, you know, creating relationships with some of the other vendors and kind of getting to know them and, um, just sort of, uh, you know, having this like mutual and also like unsaid understanding of like knowing just exactly how tired or how hot or, how fill in the blank that like each other are, you know what I'm saying? Like as the day progresses, you can just kind of look at each other and be like, Bog. but also on that note, um, it's just like a really, it's such a cool thing, especially for me to be a part of. And I feel really grateful to be in that space. And as time goes on, it, I mean, it's cool, right? Like there's, a woman who owns a farm that's just like a couple stalls down for me. And she's just like a fucking badass. Like she, she just like hoofs everything out of her little truck and like pops her tent up by herself, like so fast. And I just like fangirl over her from afar, like watching her pull like produce out of her bins and like filling buckets of water and like and her produce is just like stunning, right? I mean, it's like something out of a magazine. And I find myself, you know, just kind of like looking at, around and like admiring other people that maybe aren't necessarily making biscuits, but like we're all kind of doing our craft and we're all kind of doing it together, 
right? So there's like the community aspect of like kindred spirits and just like sort of knowing what each other are kind of going through. But then there's also just like the rest of the community and kind of coming together and like we're going on opening week was May 15th. I don't math. I make biscuits, whatever. All of you are like, you bake, you do math. And I'm like, I don't do math. I do. I can barely tell my clients what their fucking changes. God bless calculators. Am I right? Um, but so we're going on like what, six, six weeks or something like that. And like, I have regular customers. Like I have people that I see every single week and knowing that I'm sort of like this like natural part of their weekend, of their Saturday morning is so fucking cool and like so touching and it makes me It's been like, it's, it's been an entire decade today and I am not at a place where I am going to cry out this podcast. I said, we're not crying right now, but seriously, you know, like I know that that's so small, but there's a gentleman that comes and sees me and he buys vegan biscuits every single week. And, you know, we just like bullshit about his job. Shout out to you gentleman that works at tattered cover across the street on Colfax. I love seeing you on Saturday mornings. Hi. Um, I, I just can't even with that, you know, like, like I said, just like knowing that somebody has just like made me a part of their week is really special to me. And so, yeah, it's, it's the community for me as usual. Um, that's a good question. And I'm glad that somebody asked me that question because hands, hands down without a doubt. And also like, it's my best bud, Mel from Nectar, um, who I get to like bullshit with. Like, you know, we love each other so much and we understand each other so much about like what we do and how hard we work, you know? And because of this, I never get to see her, but I get to see her at market and we get to like hang out and bullshit. And, and so, yeah. It's the community. And I am. I'm just like really grateful to be in that space with all of those people. So if you're in the Denver area, you know where to find me every Saturday through October, City Park Farmers Market 8 to 1. Come and get your biscuits. All right. Next question is Hi, Ava. I hope it's okay to ask this, but I'm wondering how you came to identify as queer and what that means to you. Liz from Burbank. Well, Liz from Burbank, I do not have like a tremendous coming out story. Um, and I think that that's okay. You know, like I have known how I felt inside of my guts for a really long time, you know, but I think when I decided to like publicly state, you know, like that I identified as queer, which by the way, was several years ago. And at the time I was married to a cisgendered man. Um, I existed in a monogamous relationship. And so while I identified as queer and while I have, you know, like been with people that are the same sex as me, um, in the past, like at the time, 
you know, like I, I was with a cisgendered man that's, you know, and so I wasn't, I don't, you know, like, yeah, I was married to a man. And so, but I knew like, again, with inside of my guts, like how I felt, you know? And so I think that I'm really grateful that I didn't have a lot of fear. I didn't have any fear, honestly. And I didn't have, I didn't feel shame. I felt like very matter of fact. I felt like I was just making a statement that felt really good and really natural and really organic to come out of my mouth. Um, it didn't feel like a big to do, huh? You know, like I said, I just felt like I was making a statement, you know, like that I identify as queer, that I am attracted to um, all sorts of identities and orientations. And um, yeah, you know, I'd, and again, this is at the end of the day, like how I have felt for a really long time. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, there's not, there's not a whole lot to share. I think, you know, the last piece about like what it means to be queer is, um, to me, I think it just means like living authentically to myself and feeling rather settled inside of like my skin and in my bones, which, you know, lately is rather comforting because I feel, um, sort of untethered for the most part to a lot of things. And, and some of that is in like a really good way. You know, some of that is like, I feel really released and free from a lot of things, but like on, on the same hand, there are parts of my life that like, I don't, you know, have maybe as, as great of a handle on like whatever the fuck that means. Right. Or, um, maybe I don't feel like I'm as in control in, in some other parts of my life. And so this has been a really fantastic thing for me to sort of like be able to exist in and, and also play out, right? Like not that it's a performance because it's, it's definitely not, but because I am monogamous, you know, like, um, I think that, yeah, like, like I said, being able to live authentically and, and live match, you know, like my lifestyle and like the company that I keep and that sort of thing, like be able to match that in which I feel on the inside has been really good for me. And I am really grateful that I gave myself, you know, that chance, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I hope that, I hope that answers your question. I did the best that I could. Another question is, and this is really going to be the last one, I think. Um, I am already trying to decide what to do with a metric ton of tomatoes this summer. What are your favorites? This is what we got fucked earlier, okay? <laughs> so... What I loved about this question and what I try to do every week is like, I do try to get my life together, <laughs> believe it or not, um, before I actually sit down to record, right? I'm taking a sip of my beer. Don't judge me. 
um, you know, like I, I read through the questions. I tried to have like some semblance of an answer that I'm going to have. So I'm not like stumbling and mumbling all over the place, but this question was super timely and appropriate. And I actually, uh, was just reading it today. And I was like, this is, this is so perfect because I too have recently been thinking about tomatoes and, and not necessarily in this way of like, Oh my God, I'm going to have like such an abundance. I don't have a garden this year. I live in an apartment in the city. Um, and, but tomatoes are my favorite. I love tomatoes. I feel like tomatoes are very like representative of summer as a whole. Right. And so just the other day I was talking to, um, this woman that I'm seeing and I was telling her how much I want to make like a, a tomato tart or a galette or whatever. And I've, I've actually never done that before. And so if you bake at all, okay, let's start there. Let's, let's start there. And this is actually going to kind of be like a lead in to kind of the rest of the episode. And I want to create like some conversation about this for, um, the next recording. Um, and the next episode is like, y'all are asking me what I'm doing with my tomatoes. And I also want to know what y'all are doing with yours. Okay. So another reason why this is very timely is because some of you may know that Mondays in my house are pancake pajama party. Okay. So rewind to the beginning of April. My children have never been in daycare before and they're starting daycare and all of it. And it fucking rained. It like rained all of April. Like, I mean, really and truly it did. It like rained for three weeks. Um, or maybe it was May who knows, but anyways, there was like a large chunk of time in which it rained, which was like un unreasonable and unseasonable for Denver. I have never seen such a long rainy period, but it was rather appropriate because it matched our moods. Um, we were just like hiking right along Shamble Mountain. And if you didn't know this by now, I actually happen to be the queen of Shamble Mountain. And it was just kind of a shitty time. You know, like, I mean, it was just like new for everybody and okay. I have to pause because I'm really distracted. Um, cheddar biscuit, who is my nine pound white chihuahua that I never wanted, but that I now own because I found him roaming around in my apartment building has wedged himself in between my back and the couch. And like every time that I move, even the slightest bit, he is like moaning and groaning as if I am like really disturbing him. Um, I wish that you guys could like see this picture of what I am dealing with right now. I'm actually going to see if I can take a picture of it and like post. Oh, he's coming out. Anyways, I did. I took a picture and I'm going to include it <laughs> in the show or in the show notes. But anyways, back to April, everything just kind of sucked. Okay. Like everything was just kind of like overwhelming and everybody was like super emotional. And so one day I was just kind of like, you know what, 
we need like some levity in this bitch. Like we need like some smiles. And so pancake pajama party on Wednesday or on Monday, sorry, evenings was born. And ever since that's just kind of what we've done. And it's just been like something to look forward to something really nice to kick off the week. And, um, up until actually last week was the first week. It, again, there, there I was just at my post at the very tip top of Shamble Mountain. Like it was just a crazy beginning of the week. And we ended up having like pan frozen waffle pajama party and scarlet was actually like oh my god mom this is so cool can we do this instead of pancakes and of course i'm like deep in my feels and like rolling my eyes simultaneously because like i make these children homemade pancakes you know like sometimes with my sourdough starter or like whatever right but I mean I'm not using like bisquick I mean I'm like making them pancakes Maddox like doesn't give a shit because he generally speaking does not really like bread type things um and of course you know Scarlett's always like she's such a fantastic kid I mean she loves them but let me tell you you serve your kids like frozen waffles and suddenly it's like a game changer and you're just like why why do I do this to myself so yesterday we were, um, her and I were talking and she was like, mom, you know, like we haven't really had artichokes in a while. And her and I love artichokes. And what I love about her love of artichokes is that it very much reminds me of my own childhood, uh, and specifically like time spent and like memories that I have, like really vivid food memories that I have of my mother, of her and I just like sitting together and, um, yeah, like peeling the leaves off of an artichoke and like sharing it and like sort of giving each other a hard time over who's going to eat the heart. And it was always the same, right? It was just like lemon butter with (laughs) my mother used jarred garlic. God bless her. Um, oh my God, y'all are not going to drag me for jarred garlic. I do not care what y'all do. Y'all want to use jarred garlic, do whatever you want to. I don't care. My mother used it. I don't use it. I don't like it, but it is what it is. And like to this day, I can just like, I, I can just like smell it. Like I remember like the pop of that fucking jar and exactly what it smells like. And I don't hate it. It makes me think of my mom. So do whatever you want to do. That's not what I'm doing now, but I do like, it feels very full circle to me knowing that that's like something that I get to share with Scarlett and, and that she like loves it so much. You know what I mean? It's like such a small thing. So anyways, so here we are. It's Monday. I remembered her mentioning that I had actually already gone to the grocery store, but, um, I wanted to surprise her today and get her an artichoke. And so now at this point, you may be like, what the fuck? does this have to do with tomatoes and like what we're making with tomatoes this summer? I promise. Just like continue to bear with me. So here we are. I want to do something nice for them. Maddox is not going to eat a fucking artichoke, right? Um, I, I mean, actually I, I should take that back because he probably would have surprised us all. And that would have been like the one thing that he fell in love with. Um, spoiler alert, I did give him some and for obvious reasons, other besides the fact that he only has like two budding itty bitty tiny teeth. He wasn't eating the artichoke. Okay. I know we're all shocked and appalled. Um, 
But the other thing that I made to accompany the artichoke is this like orzo salad that is like just one of my all-time favorites um, that is actually an adaptation of a recipe that I found years ago in the New York times that actually used like, um, couscous and it was like all baked together. Right. And I remember the first time that I made it, it was good, but I, I was like, I just wanted the tomatoes to be jammier. You know what I mean? Like I, I really wanted them to be like really concentrated and like sticky and jammy. Okay. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Like we love jammy eggs. We also love jammy tomatoes. I like big, rich, like concentrated flavors, right? Like it's one of the things that I love about roasting my fruit, um, for my fillings and stuff for my bakery, Buttermoon. Same rules apply. I love a jammy tomato moment. And so the first time that I made this recipe, I, I, I continued baking the tomatoes until they got that consistency. And I was like, fuck yes, this is what I'm looking for. And so one of my favorite things to do again with tomatoes in general is to basically use it as a vehicle and a base to make like a sauce, you know? And like the reality is, is I, I mean, I've done this with orzo. I've also done sort of like a, like a Mexican version with like cumin and chili, um, like chili pepper and, um, like sometimes like a little bit of adobo. And basically what I do is I take an eight by eight, um, pan and I put, um, about four, like, I, like a good amount of olive oil, like like four tablespoons, um, enough to like coat the bottom of the pan nicely. And, um, it kind of depends on what I'm doing, but like at least a pint of tomatoes and, I don't even cut them. I mean, I just like whack them in there. And again, like use this as a base. Sometimes I go like really Mediterranean with it with like fresh oregano and dill. Um, I've done some stuff that's like more Italian with like a bunch of basil and um, a ton of garlic. The reality is, is that I use a ton of garlic anyways, because that's just who I am inside of my bones. But anyways, so what I do is again, I just take like an eight by eight put like a solid amount of olive oil in the bottom. Um, like a, a, a pint and a half, two pints of tomatoes, um, salt, pepper, um, and then usually like some kind of allium. So like today I had like a handful of like scallions that were getting like a little fucking creepy. You know what I'm saying? Like when the green bits start to get like a little bit wilted. So I did like a rough chop on those and whack them in there. And then usually I add some sort of like bean situation. So like sometimes I do white beans, sometimes I do chickpeas. Um, sometimes I do like this cheesy rice version, um, with like black beans. Again, same rules still apply. We're looking for like a jammy tomato situation that basically you can use as like a sauce and a vehicle for other things. Okay. So you have your tomatoes in this pan with your olive oil. I also usually smash like a handful of garlic. Um, I don't know, like four to six cloves, um, smash a couple of those, peel them, whack those in there. Um, 
And then again, so like an allium. So today it was like green onion. Sometimes I do like a rough chop of like, um, red onions. Sometimes I do thinly sliced shallot and I roast everything for at 425, including the beans, right? So like whatever bean that you choose to use, um, I roast it at like 425 for about 45 minutes and I stir it every 10 minutes just to kind of keep an eye on everything. And you'll see like, you know, your olive oil is going to start to deepen in color. You're going to get like a little bit of, um, color on your garlic. Um, and then your tomatoes are going to get jammy and everything is going to kind of break down. And this is the reason why you want to use like a good amount of quality olive oil is because everything is going to kind of break down and now you have like a sauce, you know? So basically what I do is I pull this out after about 45 minutes, you know, the tomatoes have like now basically broken all the way down. We're jammy. And I'll take like a handful of fresh herbs. I don't, I don't typically bake them with everything. Um, I don't want them I to get like scorched or whatever, but what I do want is to do like a rough chop of everything and I whack it in there after it's been pulled out of the oven for about five minutes um, just to kind of let some of that olive oil like soak it all up and soak it all in. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I usually save like another handful for like garnish or to mix in with everything afterwards. Um, so today I made a box of orzo. I did two pints of tomatoes. I did about four tablespoons of olive oil, six cloves of garlic that I smashed, peeled and smashed and whacked in there, like a generous amount of salt and pepper. We always salt our pasta water because we're not animals, okay? Um, and then at the end, again, so like this is like a choose your own adventure type situation. Um, I wanted to add like some extra veg in there. And so at the last 10 minutes, I did a chop of like a medium sized zucchini and I threw that in the olive oil and the tomato mixture. Um, and I let that go for the last 10 minutes. And then, yeah, so now I have like my cooked orzo and I pour this like sauce situation on there, put like a couple generous handfuls of feta. And then I chopped up a bunch of dill, fresh dill, and then toss that with everything. So choose your own adventure. Think of like all of the million ways that you can use like a jammy tomato sauce and get with the program y'all. I'm telling you. So there I, there I was like, you know, Scarlett has her artichoke and I'm feeling like very full circle. And she was like thrilled that we were doing artichokes. You know, I, I worried for a second that she was going to get like hung up on the idea of like, no, like we're supposed to be doing pink. She didn't give a shit. I mean, that's, I, I think kids in general are like super like adaptable for the most part. And she was just jazzed on the fact that we were having an artichoke and also all of us collectively with the exception of Maddox, apparently who ate like three chickpeas before he decided that like, I was obviously trying to poison him. Um, we all love it, whatever, except for him. Even biscuit ate some of it that fell on the floor because, <laughs> because why not? So that 
is one of my most favorite things to do with tomatoes. And again, like we are going to just figure this out together. I have like my go-tos, you know what I'm saying? Like I just love quality summer tomatoes in general. Like I love like summer panzanella. I love caprese. I love to just eat them with salt. Um, but I also really want to do some new things with tomatoes. And so I'm hoping that next week y'all will like email me this week and tell me what y'all recommend that I should make or do with my favorite summer produce, my favorite summer fruit, which is tomatoes. So on that note, um, I will let y'all get to it and get on with it. And yeah, send me all your favorite tomato recipes. Send me like something new, you know, like I, I also want to jazz it up. So, um, if you have like a specific tomato tart or like tomato galette recipe that you are super in love with, I want to know about it. Tell me what it is. Maybe I can make it and take it to our next big gay dinner or something. Okay. All right, y'all. I hope you have a good week. I will see you during episode six. Bye.